0: Fala pessoal, tudo bem, welcome to the Brazil Crypto Report podcast, where we talk to the builders, entrepreneurs, and influencers from across the Brazil crypto ecosystem. I'm your host, Aaron Stanley, and today I'm joined by Guilherme Hebani, who's the head of LATAM at OSL, which is an institutional digital asset platform and liquidity provider based out of Hong Kong. Today, we'll be talking about OSL's presence in the Brazilian market and also the brand new Brazil Crypto Report institutional offering. Welcome to the show, Guilherme.
1: Thank you for having me here, Aaron. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah. Thanks for being here. So to get started, why don't you tell us a bit about your background and how you got into crypto?
1: I have been involved in the crypto industry since 2016. But prior to that, I I built my career working at the traditional financial market. So I have been a sales trader and trader for several Brazilian uh, financial firms almost two decades. After that, uh, I went to be more involved with the innovation ecosystem. That's when I I knew uh, the cryptocurrency and the Bitcoin. So since that, I have been involved in several projects involving cryptocurrency and helping also financial institutions here in Brazil to understand how they can offer cryptocurrency products uh, and how they can be involved in the cryptocurrency ecosystem in Brazil. Uh, and that's when I, I, I knew OSL. So I have been at some point involved with OSL since 2019. And I was invited by the company to be the head of Brazil in 2021. So, and since that now, I, I am taking care also of the LATAM ecosystem. And, and I'm very, very proud because we have been doing an amazing job. So we 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 were able to brought some of the, our knowledge about cryptocurrency and to merge that with our knowledge about not just the Brazilian financial ecosystem, but also with all the Latin ecosystem. Uh, And we, yes, we have been doing very, very well. So uh, actually Brazil and Latin is, is some of the biggest markets for cryptocurrency in the world. So um, and we are pretty pretty optimistic about what we have been doing and about the, the ecosystem, the landscape of the crypto the cryptocurrency and digital assets in Brazil.
0: Great. And then for those who may not be familiar, why don't you talk a bit about OSL? Like what services, products do you offer, and who are your primary customers?
1: Yeah, so OSL it's it's a company based in Hong Kong. We are a public company Hong Kong, listed at the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. We are regulated by the Securities and Futures Commission there. And we have uh, some of our offices around the globe. So in Singapore and in Mexico, where we can take uh, we can take care of our clients globally. We are a company that are fully oriented to the big players and big institutional players. So we just look to the institutional clients. That's the reality. So, uh, and we we offer digital asset service across the globe. So basically our, our services, they are, they are divided into two things. The first one is the market access. Here we provide the brokerage service, and we are one of the biggest liquid providers and one of the biggest crypto brokers in the world currently. Uh, and here we take care of the trading groups, we take care of the funds, of the, the companies that are buying and selling uh, cryptocurrencies. big financial institutions that are already in the, in the ecosystem. Uh, And we offer these through our trading desk. We we have a trading desk in Asia, we have a trading desk in Mexico City, uh, and through electronification. we have also our brokerage platform that we offer to our clients. We have also an exchange. So we have an exchange uh, serving Americas and an exchange serving uh, um, the, the Asia clients. We are also an institution. We are also a company that offer, we have the ability to offer digital securities in Hong Kong because we are regulated there. So, and also we have another vertical product that the SaaS, the SaaS product. So we, we offer the SaaS product as a way, uh, we, we are basically a B2B company. So we are just talking at institutional level. Okay. We have as a client financial institutions, we have cryptocurrency-native firms, exchange, and a lot of them, not just in Brazil, they are plugging in OSL and using OSL service to have uh, access to liquidity, to have access also to our brokerage service. When we talk about the SaaS, the SaaS is, is the way that we can reach out to the final customers. So as being a, a B2B company, we use SaaS in order to have the B2B to C access. Here we have uh, some financial institutions across the globe that are currently using our SaaS platform, okay? And, and, and through this SaaS platform, they have all, all our access to all our technology, like the brokerage, the exchange, the custod, in, in order to offer to their clients uh, cryptocurrency buy and sell. Okay, so we have a uh, big financial institutions. We have one financial institution currently in Latin that's using uh, our platform. We have a big financial institution in, in Asia that's using our, our platform. We did uh, last year a JV with a big financial institution in Europe that will use our technology to offer to their clients, cryptocurrency, uh, buy and sell in Europe and UK. So yeah, so, uh, so it's, at the end of the day, we are probably the, the best well positioned player for institutional clients looking at Brazil, so having a Brazilian that understands Brazil very, very well—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a leverage that we have here, and we have been using here uh, in, in a manner to to reach out and to access uh, the Brazilian financial institutions because Brazil nowadays is one of the biggest countries in terms of institutional adoption for the cryptocurrency
0: so essentially the difference between what OSL is doing and what a more retail focused exchange like a Binance or Mercado Bitcoin is doing you're not selling to you know just retail investors right you are your customers are other platforms that are themselves servicing retail investors. So you're providing the liquidity of the assets to these plat- these other platforms that are then going out and trying to find retail customers themselves, or in, or in some cases, you're just dealing directly with other large institutional investors that, that may be like hedge funds or family offices or uh, other types of prop trading funds and things of that nature. So just want to kind of differentiate like, you know, the retail crypto exchange and then what you guys are doing, which is like, as you mentioned, is a bit more on the B2B side. Am I am I describing that correctly?
1: Yeah, you are totally right. So basically, we are not competing with any of the, the Brazilian players, actually. We we see them as a potential clients, potential partners. So as you mentioned, we we provide liquidity for a bunch of the Brazilian crypto firms, Uh, And the kind of service that we provide currently is not the the kind of service that the crypto retail platforms are used to to offer. So here we have a a sophisticated kind of execution. We have all the electronification stuff. So we we are oriented through the electronic trade to the electronic trading platform. So I, I compare ourselves. As a traditional broker, broker dealer uh, that are used for, for the financial institutions when they are accessing the regulated markets. So that's why we, we have been doing so well in Brazil because we have this expertise. So basically, when we take a look at all the OSL staff, we are talking about the majority of the people, they, they came from the traditional industry. We know very, very well how the traditional industry and how. The traditional financial firms, they work, how they operate, how they trade, and we, we have been trying to replicate that in order to offer not just uh, access to the digital assets industry to, to trade, but also offer the infrastructure. I'm using to say that we are uh, operational arm for some of the, the of the financial institutions, and, and that's why we, we have been so successful in Brazil. So Brazil currently uh, has more, uh, has 12 ETFs being traded at the Brazilian exchange. Okay, so we are, after Canada, we have the majority of the of ETFs. And actually, the ETFs that we have now in Brazil, they are more sophisticated than those that are traded in, in Canada. So Canada, basically, they offer uh, mono-assets ETFs. Okay, here in Brazil, when we take a look at what these asset management firms they are offering, they are offering 12 products that are referenced in, in some index and, and just four of them are mono-assets. Mono the rest is baskets. So we have eight products now being traded, B3, that are based on, on baskets. So through the Brazilian ETFs, the Brazilian investors can access, in a regulated environment, more than 40 cryptocurrencies. Okay, so when when, when we talk about this kind of player, a financial institution that's that's doing such... a, a such thing in the cryptocurrency space, we need to provide to them some kind of sophisticated service, okay? So it's not the kind of service that the retail is used to, to access. It's a service for institutional players. And that's what we have been offering. When we talk with a bank, okay? So they need they need to understand more about the, the, the platform that they are trading than uh, uh, what when a retail client is willing to trade through in a platform. So we need to have some big process behind on the backstage at our backups in order to serve this kind of client. So we need to offer the infrastructure for them to access, the, to access the, the ecosystem. So that's what we have been doing.
0: You mentioned earlier that you're a publicly traded company out of Hong Kong and regulated out of Hong Kong. And obviously, Brazil in Brazil right now, crypto regulation or the lack thereof is kind of a hot topic right now. And... I guess what sense of security does does the fact that you're you're regulated out of Hong Kong provide in some of these conversations you're having with, with banks or some of these other institutional clients? Obviously, like the fact that you're regulated gives you a bit more legitimacy, and a bit more you know it's, it doesn't doesn't come across as this uh, kind of wild west you know sort of mentality that that most people associate with crypto or, or a lot of people associate with crypto still.
1: Yeah, first of all, there is not a, a broader regulation for cryptocurrency around, around the world. What we have is some few, few countries and few jurisdictions that have some kind of regulation. This is the first thing. So the second thing is that we are not actually offering uh, uh, liquidity in Brazil in BRL. We do not offer uh, uh, the cryptocurrency buy and sell in Brazil. Okay, so what we offer, and we offer our services uh, to clients that want to access the asset class uh, in U.S. denominated uh, trade. So they do not want to trade in BRL, or maybe they cannot trade in BRL. So they want to trade in U.S. dollars. And that's how we, we offer. We offer to our offshore entity. Okay, this is the first thing. Uh, and the second thing is that obviously, and as you mentioned, Brazil doesn't have uh, a, a regulation. So, But but we are, we are pretty sure that Brazil at some point will have. And Brazil is up front Several other big jurisdictions across the globe. This is very very important. So when the bill of law were approved, I'm pretty sure that we're gonna move and gonna move fast through our regulation in Brazil. And we are looking to that because we understood that the regulation in Brazil we will lock a, a big big door for all the institutional clients that are willing to access the cryptocurrency ecosystem right now, but do not know what are the limits. So this is the first thing. So having a, a regulated company that, uh, that's regulated by one of the, the major uh, um, commission securities commissions in the world, that's Hong Kong. So having this regulation shows at least to our clients that we, we follow some kind of process, that we follow some kind of diligence and we are compliant through to our regulation of Hong Kong at least. So, at least the client can rely that, okay, OSL has some parameters, sir. Okay. Because, in fact, the, the regulation, the client that's trading with us, they are not inter- interacting with this regulation there. This is important. Okay. However, they that we, we follow some kind of rules. And that's something that we try to spread across the globe. So, even the client not touching our regulated entity there. Okay, so the client is is accessing our offshore entity that follows the same guidance that we have in Hong Kong. This is very very important. So and at the same time, we we have an entity in Singapore. So WSL is currently in Singapore using uh, in the sandbox, the regulatory sandbox of Singapore, and the regulatory sandbox of Singapore actually is something that was used as a reference for a sandbox across the globe. Oh, wow. Even in Brazil, even in Brazil. Yeah, so it, it's a kind of a reference as a sandbox, and we are there. So we, we we truly believe that the regulation and OSL has been pursuing regulation across the globe. So we truly believe that the regulation will be uh, the big thing in the industry, not just now, but also in the next years. And we are pretty, pretty optimistic that when we have a regulation in Brazil, that all these firms in Brazil, they will start trading VRL and at some point we will need to be there, obviously.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's given me a huge opportunity. I think it's undeniable just the size of the, of the capital markets in Brazil and this, the quantity of the different firms and, and banks and fintechs and other folks that are looking to, to get into offering these services, as well as just other entities that are looking to invest in these products. Once that clarity comes into play, it seems undeniable it's going to unlock a huge flow of new interest. Maybe talk a bit about, you actually attended the Expert XP conference last week, uh, which is the conference hosted by XP Investimentos, which is one of the largest uh, kind of traditional finance brokerages in Brazil. From what I understand, this conference is one of the premier financial conferences, investing conferences in Brazil. And this year it had a pretty big crypto presence, uh, both in terms of uh, the expo floor, as well as some of the content. And I was wondering if you could just share some of your thoughts on, like, just how was crypto represented at this conference? You know, what's your read into how the traditional investment community in Brazil is approaching crypto right now?
1: I I think that when we look at XP Investimento, so they they did an amazing job in the last, like, 10 years ago. They started 15 years ago. They started to do uh, uh, a job that was, like, unlocking the the. Potential of the investment infrastructure for the Brazilian investors, the retail. That's that, that's the reality. So, and they did these very very well. So uh, we know that not not just them, but a bunch of other crypt, uh, other uh, traditional platforms uh, are offering, you know, or we offer cryptocurrency buy and sell to their clients. So, cryptocurrency nowadays, it's 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 no longer a product that. You, you should buy at uh, the traditional cryptocurrency exchange. This, this is a product that will be offered at some point by all the financial institutions, at least at some kind of product related to cryptocurrency. So what, what we saw at Expert, so it's it's important to, to remember that Express, Expert is the biggest investment evidence conference in the world. Okay, that's the reality. So when, what we saw there is that not just in terms of content, but also in terms of, of of who were there, we had some of the big names of the Brazilian crypto industry uh, uh, showing off what they are doing, and because in fact the cryptocurrency and the digital assets were one of the main topics of the conference. So we had a bunch of discussion about cryptocurrency. So when 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 we walked there and talked with some of the Portfolio managers. So we had a bunch of traditional asset management firms there. So when when I talked with some of them, they told me, yeah, how is it going? When do you think that we're going to be able to have more visibility about our regulation? Are you seeing some of the key players of the industry accessing right now the digital assets? This is something that I heard. Also, I heard from the advisors. Okay, now I need to tell to my clients that they need to, 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 at some point, I'm totally uh, sure that my clients they need to have cryptocurrency exposure in their in their portfolios. So I, I think that the future about the cryptocurrency it's a, was already there. So and and yes, when you when you take a look, like we had PR assets, like one of the biggest uh, asset management firms in Brazil, then they have it, the asset between. We had also Hashdex was there. Okay, showing up what they they have been doing not just in Brazil. Okay, so we had the big names of the industry there, of the cryptocurrency industry. We we had also XP talking about their new cryptocurrency platform that's next stage. So I think that in terms of knowing that the biggest investment conference in the world was in Brazil and people were talking about cryptocurrency and the cryptocurrency players were there. I think that it was amazing and I I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that this cryptocurrency atmosphere will uh, uh, at some point be in all the biggest players of the industry. So as I told you, I spoke with a bunch of the asset management firms there and they were asking about cryptocurrency. So uh, it's a reality in Brazil. So we have this moment for for cryptocurrency and digital assets here.
0: Yeah, and I, th- I think this is significant because I mean we're two months, three months into you know what many pundits here in the U.S. have begun calling, oh, it's the death of crypto. Like it, the market's collapsed. Uh, everything is you know this thing is all fake and not real and whatever. But if you look at this conference in Brazil and you look at some of the speakers that were there. I mean Larry Summers, former U.S. Treasury Secretary. I even saw I think like Serena Williams, like the tennis player, was a the speaker there too. Like it was it was a pretty big event, right? and for for them to be devoting so much mindshare to crypto when it's crypto is like supposedly dead now it, i mean it's pretty significant right and i think it shows that look like the people that are really serious about this stuff like they're looking past the headlines and they're they're looking past some of the you know the fud or the the you know the pundits and what they're saying to generate clicks or generate you know traffic or whatever and they they see this stuff is the future and they're trying to get get their their heads wrapped around it the brazilian sort of traditional finance community, just you know, XP, Itau now, BTG, like all these guys have some type of crypto platform, like either in operation or in, in the roadmap. And it's, I mean, I think it's it's pretty impressive, especially compared to what we see here in the US, where some of these guys have been offer they're they're spinning up products that will offer crypto purchases to maybe like high net worth clients or they'll make kind of publicly state publicly leading statements hinting that they're interested in this and it you know gets some headlines, but nothing really comes out of it. Um, but what what's happening in Brazil, I think, is like there's a much more aggressive push to to bring this stuff to market. So it's not just it's not just sort of just saying something just for publicity, but they're actually kind of backing it up, right?
1: Yeah, I think that Brazil since 2019, we we have uh a, a, our Brazilian tax revenue authority disclosed uh what's called In 1888. That's a normative that says how the Brazilians should disclose their cryptocurrency activities to to the tax authorities. So, besides the fact that's not something that's regulated, we had this like three years ago, when when U.S. was discussing if could or not offer uh, cryptocurrency ETFs, Brazil was not just in launching one ETF. Okay, so we have the first. We have the we had the first uh cryptocurrency basket ETF and it, it was in 2021. so we, we have been financial institutions looking at and, and and touching the cryptocurrency space this is something very very important to say we have financial institutions touching the cryptocurrency and testing the cryptocurrency ecosystem at some at some level uh, since 2017 probably okay so I have been talking with financial institutions, that are willing to understand, do something in the digital assets industry for like five, six years. And yes, it's a, the reality. So in fact, uh, since the understanding of the Brazilian uh, Securities Commission, that's the CDM, that we, we could have a cryptocurrency funds in Brazil, I think that the industry opened some doors to do some stuff. So we have not just the ETFs in Brazil, okay? We have several funds. We have several cryptocurrency exchanges and they are big. So Brazilian, it's very important. So the Brazilian cryptocurrency spot market in BRL, it's big. It's not small. It's a nice nice jurisdiction to trade cryptocurrency. So the work and what the cryptocurrency exchange have been doing for the last 10 years, it's amazing. So all the work that they did in order to have the compliance in order to have the know your customer understanding and how to report all the information to the authorities, even not in having uh, a regulation. So this is very, very important. So we have a very well-consolidated market. So now you can, after the D F S the Brazilian exchange, that's the B3, they, they open uh, the possibility to the financial institutions to offer, okay, and to register a structured notes using cryptocurrency-linked regulated products. Now you can take like a, a, product, a product like ETF, and you can create a structured note looking uh, that has as a reference the ETF, okay? We know that like more will come, more kind of products, probably futures will be offered by the Brazilian exchange. So I think that what we have in Brazil, and the reality is that cryptocurrency will not die, okay the digital asset industry it is already here. okay we are in the 21 21st century, okay and probably this decade decade is the decade of the money digitalization. okay the payment that Brazil now has peaks. okay, we have a central bank that's talking about innovation. basically, every week we have a news a new coming from the central bank so, we have all the regulatory environment for the financial industry right now, that uh, pushing the innovation. Uh, And and I think that the cryptocurrency is just inserted at this moment of the Brazilian economy and the Brazilian investment atmosphere. So look at these young generations, they are eating, they are using, they are trading, they are willing to understand about the digital assets, about the cryptocurrency. So I, I don't know how a financial industry, a financial firm now can, can take the decision to say, okay, I will not touch or not talk about the, the cryptocurrency because I don't want this. It's like about saying to your client, look, I will not offer the product that you want because basically all kinds of clients at some point, they will start asking about cryptocurrency and ask about investing in cryptocurrency or some kind of digital assets.
0: Yeah, it's really incredible. Just the the extent to which, like, you have this convergence of a very variety of factors in Brazil. You have this very kind of young, uh, tech savvy generation. You have the a very innovative central bank that's been very forward thinking on just payments and open finance and these sorts of things. And then you have uh, just this really kind of exploding like fintech revolution in Brazil as well. Some of these new ba- these digital banks and things that you just have this environment that that seems very conducive to. Uh, like it's just a massive crypto market eventually, right? And it's already happening. It's just, I maybe mean, it's just kind of under the radar of most people that aren't actually in the market every day, but it's it's like we see it happening in front of our eyes and contrast that with a place like the US where, I mean, we're really just at this log jam now where with, with the SEC and like our which the securities regulator, then the commodities regulator. And there's really just this log jam of around who is going to be regulating this industry, this asset class. Uh, we haven't gotten a spot ETF yet. We're still, and it doesn't look like we're getting anything soon either. It's it's uh, fairly pessimistic on that front. It's almost refreshing to see uh, these Brazilian institutions and regulators taking this very kind of forward looking approach and just realizing that hey, this is this is the future, and it's to our advantage to just lean in and embrace it uh, in a common sense way. Um, with that, I wanted to transition here. That's actually a pretty good segue into some, I guess, some exciting news that we have here, which is that. Uh, Brazil Crypto Report and uh, OSL yourself were partnering to launch uh, a new service called BCR Institutional, uh, which is going to be an exclusive platform that's devoted to really members of the the mainstream Brazilian investment community who want to become more knowledgeable about crypto and digital assets. Um, So we're going to be producing some newsletters and podcasts and uh, other items focused on just informing this community, as well as hosting some private roundtables with industry experts and and some other things. And I'd just like for you to tell us a bit about you know why you're excited about this. How does this fit into the market? Like what what need or what what problem is this solving? And and what what's that what's that kind of that gap that we're trying to solve here for in the market?
1: First of all, you have been doing an amazing job with the BCR, the Brazilian Crypto Report. You know that I am a big sponsor. Uh, and I love to tell to, to my friends, uh, you need to subscribe to this newsletter because this guy is, is doing an amazing job talking about what's happening in Brazil. So actually the reality is that you started this and you, you gave us all the reason to say, Aaron, why not? You can start doing something for institutional clients. So uh, as we started saying, like uh, OSL is fully oriented to, to the institutional industry. We, My, my pedigree basically came Came from the the, the the institutional industry, and we 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 feel that the, the the traditional institutional industry they need to know more. They they need more content content oriented to digital assets, but at some point that speaks the same language and the same kind of, of topics that they are willing to understand. So that's why why not why not having some kind of content uh, beautiful Brazilians and maybe that I'm pretty sure that a, a bunch of foreign years who have interest to know what's happening here actually okay so and what kind of news about the digital asset industry around the world we can give to brazilian institutional players that are willing to understand more about the cryptocurrency environment the cryptocurrency industry and what's happening in brazil so i think it is a, a nice opportunity so as i told you i was at the biggest investment conference in the world about investment and, and and people were asking about digital assets. People were talking about digital assets. So I have friends and colleagues from the traditional firms that have been asking me every day, basically, about, about the cryptocurrency environment, what's happening, what's the news about the industry. So I, I think that by having this kind of product in Brazil is something else. So I know we are very, very happy uh, about being a sponsor been a partner of this kind of product i think this is the first kind of product like this in brazil and yes we are pretty pretty excited about about this 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 kind of material and how the 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 traditional players of the industry will have the possibility to access a good quality information uh, about the the cryptocurrency and digital asset industry
0: yeah i think what you made a point that you know we're really trying to present this in language that is relevant to this particular audience, right? And a lot of crypto uh, marketing and and, and whatnot is really kind of more aimed at the masses, or it's more aimed at retail, or it's, you know, it's like sponsoring a a football club or something, right? Where that might not necessarily move the needle for a professional investor, right? They might just think that's kind of persuasive to them, right? And I know this personally, like my dad's a, a financial advisor, and I've been talking to him about crypto for years now, and it's, you have to, you have to just really like totally uh, kind of frame things differently in a language that that he's going to understand, that these folks are going to understand, and and once they get it, they get it, right? Uh, it's just it, it's just a, a lot of the assumptions and a lot of the uh, the concepts that they've been kind of trained up in and that they've been successful with over the years. It, it, there's there's some assumptions that need to be rethought there, and there's some things that they have to kind of grasp and understand. So our, our goal here is just to really present. Uh, what's really going on in the market and what's what's going on in this ecosystem, um, even though, you know, some of the press coverage and some of the, you know, the things that you see on Twitter or on television or the newspaper, you know, may not be necessarily reflective of what's actually happening in the industry and they, and reflective of the actual opportunities that are available here. So, so I'm excited for this. Um, you know, I, I appreciate uh, you all supporting me in this. And uh, we're gonna try to do all this in, in Portuguese language as well, just to make this as accessible as possible for uh, for this particular community and these particular um, these particular investors. I think it's a really cool opportunity. So um, so excited to, to work with you a bit more on that and excited to uh, hopefully, you know, have some listeners uh, join and be a part of that as well. Wrapping up here, I mean, why don't you kind of give us the final word on it seems like the next kind of six, 12 months are going to be a really kind of, critical inflection point in the Brazil market here with there's there's some regulation pending, there's there's uh, legislation pending, et cetera. Uh, there's some capital on the sidelines uh, given the state of the market. like What do you see sort of shaping out here in the next 6, 12 months uh, really on that on that institutional front uh, as far as crypto adoption goes?
1: Yeah, I think that we had uh, 2021 was an amazing year. So we have all the ETFs, so we have a bunch of big... Uh, names like MicroStrategy and, and Elon Musk investing in cryptocurrency and it was it basically promoted not just the cryptocurrency hype but also showed how cryptocurrency can be big okay obviously we we have now this macro environment that's not just in impacting the, the cryptocurrency and digital assets ecosystem but also it is impacting all the risky assets when we talk about investment we need, we need to understand what's the risk-free asset so how how much the bond, the bonds are paying and right now we, we we are in a process of where the monetary authorities across the globe they are trying to understand where they can fix uh, the interest rates you know, in order to 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 contain to, to, to hold inflation and at the same time fighting to do not have a recession so I think that we have a, a an environment that's that's changing drastically, for, for, for investment across the globe, as we saw in the technology sector, as we saw in the venture capital industry. But I'm pretty sure that after this moment, and when the, the investors start to, to, to do the allocation again in risky assets, the, the digital assets are there. So as we said, it's not, not no longer about if the institutional clients and the big clients of the industry will access or not that. In fact, they will, they are. So there's no more doubt about that. So we just need to understand the face of the industry. When, when we look at Brazil, we have obviously uh, this, this expectation for the regulation. So we have this project, this view of law that's currently waiting to be voted in in the chamber of deputies in Brazil. Uh, We we are pretty optimistic about what will come from that. And we are pretty optimistic that the regulation that will come from this this law will be something that will unlock uh, all the environment for institutional investors. As I told you before, I'm pretty sure that institutional investors will have more visibility about what they can and they cannot do with this regulation, this is, this is one of the things. But however, we do not need to wait for the regulation because actually the the institutional the institutions are doing something. We have a bunch of, of investment platforms that now are going to offer uh, cryptocurrency platforms buy and sell to their clients. We know that we have a bunch of payment institutions that are now offering cryptocurrency buy and sell to their clients. We have digital banks doing, doing the same. So, I'm pretty excited about what we, we, we're going to see until the end of the year, because with these investment platforms offering to their clients uh, access to the market, we are talking about a potential to have another 3 million clients in the industry. When you take a look at the, the these platforms, they have between 3 to 4 million uh, investors in their platforms. And, and I'm pretty sure that some part of these investors will use their platforms to, to buy cryptocurrency. Uh, And yes, I'm pretty excited. I think that we have a big environment. Again, Brazil is a very big market for cryptocurrencies. It's one of the top markets in the world. We are moving fast. And I'm pretty sure that next year will be a consolidation year for Brazil with some big, big, big news uh, coming from a, a bunch of players of the industry.
0: Great. Well, yeah, we're definitely excited for this this next uh, six, 12 months here. There's going to be a lot happening for the reasons you just outlined. And and I think that's why it's exciting to be kind of building this product right now, this platform, because we're we're kind of building the infrastructure for kind of helping disseminate information about this market that, that's normally so overlooked. Guillermo, I just want to thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, appreciate your time and uh, appreciate your support with this institutional product. Uh, this is going to be really cool and uh, hopefully very valuable to uh, our listeners and and others. So um, just want to thank you for your time today and uh, we'll have to have you on again soon.
1: Thank you very much, Aaron. Thank you for inviting me and congratulations. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back soon with another great episode. Obrigado everyone and thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the Brazil Crypto Report newsletter on Substack if you haven't already. And please do give the show a five star rating on your podcast app. If you enjoyed this content, we'll be back soon with another great guest.